0: Before I tell you this story, I really need to make some things clear. I'm a 20-year-old female and was going through a pretty rough breakup during this time, and I was in a pretty bad emotional place off and on. This largely contributed to how I put myself into this situation. This is more or less a cautionary tale on how you should always be careful who you talk to over text, though you've probably heard it at least a thousand times. Anyways, let's get to it. I received a random text one night from a number I didn't know that simply said, Hey yo. A little puzzled, I look at the text and try to see if there was any hint on who this person was. So I said, Um, who is this? He claimed that he had found me on Tinder and that's how he got my number. Now, this should have been a red flag because number one, I absolutely never posted my number on Tinder. And two, I haven't even used Tinder in months. Actually, more like a year. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no way that my profile could have popped up somewhere if I wasn't active for such a long time. However, being heartbroken and horny, I saw this as an opportunity to make a new friend, and possibly even more. And, well, I was all for it. So, I had asked for this person's name. His name was apparently John, which is what I'll start referring to him as from here on out. We exchanged some texts, and John eventually sent me a few photos of himself. Now, just to be on the safe side, I did reverse search his images on Google, but nothing came up, so I just assumed that I was safe here. I sent him a few pictures of myself as well. Thankfully, none were anything lewd. In retrospect, he was really, really vague about himself. Anytime that I would ask him questions about his life, He would just give one-worded responses, and that would be that. However, I just kind of chalked it off as someone who wasn't great at talking about themselves. A few days go by, and we're talking off and on. We didn't really chat that constantly, just the occasional hellos and how are yous. Then one day, he asked if I wanted to meet him up at an In-N-Out. The nearest In-N-Out location was about 30 minutes away from my house, but I didn't really mind making the drive. This was around the same time that we had sent some flirty texts to each other. So, of course, this made me really excited, and I decided to go. Boy, was that a big-ass mistake. Actually, I think I made more than one big-ass mistake. Another big-ass mistake was lying to my mom about who I was meeting up with. I had actually told her that I was going by myself. Why did I do that? I was afraid of being chastised, and I knew that my mom would probably demand a picture of John's ID as well as his number before letting me go I just really didn't want to go through that hassle but now I'm really glad that she does that so I was on my way there but as soon as I got in the car and started the engine I started to have a really bad feeling now at first I thought I was just feeling nervous maybe I was just being paranoid yeah no always listen to that gut feeling kids it'll save you a lot of trouble in the long run As I was driving, I stopped at a traffic light, and I noticed that John had then sent me some pictures and texts. They became increasingly strange, and the pictures became more and more NSFW. He had started joking around about trying to figure out my password for Snapchat, which happened to be the platform that we'd been talking on after exchanging our information on the regular messaging app. That's when my alarm bells totally started ringing. Still, though, Dumbass me just kept driving, figuring that I couldn't just turn back now, right? So I get to the In-N-Out, and it's totally packed. I'm talking about an entire line of cars filling up the drive-thru almost all the way back of this old parking lot. Next to the In-N-Out is this small abandoned mall strip with an empty parking lot. Seeing that there was no room to park at in and out I decided to park in that empty lot, since, I mean, it was right next to the restaurant. However... Once I turned off the engine, something just told me to stay the hell inside, and I'm so glad that I did. I text John to let him know that I'm here, and somehow that's when shit started going haywire. After stupidly telling him what car I drove, he then replied, basically saying something along the lines of, Alright, look, we don't want to hurt you, but I got my boys surrounding you in the parking lot. Don't move until you give me your Snapchat information and password. And you'll be free to go after that if you even try to get away I'll have my boys come after you to be completely honest I was totally confused but then that quickly transformed into me almost shitting myself as I didn't realize the situation I was in I looked around me and I didn't see any cars surrounding me but I wasn't about to take any chances instead of staying put I slammed on the gas pedal and then hauled ass out of that parking lot at almost 40 miles before hitting the highway at 80 plus. Being scared out of my damn mind, I did the first smart thing in a while and called a close friend of mine from work. I told him the situation, and being really afraid of the possibility of being followed home by these creeps, we agreed to meet at a McDonald's that was close to my house. This man is an absolute saint, and I really don't know how he manages to put up with my crap, but I'm so grateful for what he did for me. We were in that McDonald's for probably a good hour. I was really starving, but I couldn't really eat because of how anxious and stupid I felt. I felt so, so, so stupid for how this whole thing happened. Plus, this psycho deadass called me from an unknown number three times while we were there. I actually started feeling really, really bad for lying to my mom about it as well, and I ended up breaking down and pretty much confessing everything to her. Let's just say the mama bear in her came out a little too much, but after being at McDonald's, I had my friend follow me home just to be on the safe side. Funnily enough, him and my mom actually met each other for the first time that night. I have since blocked John from all of my contacts, but for the next few days after that, He actually had the audacity to call me off and on while I was at work. Thankfully, I was smart enough not to answer them. Either that or I was just way too scared. Maybe it's a little bit of both. However, I think the creepiest part about this whole thing was the last thing he sent me before I blocked him. We can still see you. During my senior year of high school, I had started talking with this super hot emo punk kid named Brian on AIM. I was all in. I had just been dumped by my loser high school boyfriend and Brian was incredibly sweet and he always knew what to say. There were some red flags though for sure. Whenever I would finally convince him to send me a picture, he looked a little different in each photo. Like, they could have been pictures of different people but looked similar enough, and the guyliner was on point, so I just accepted it. We also, like, never talked on the phone. I would always beg him to let me call him, but he always had an excuse for it. Finally, the summer before I left for college, he let me call him and his voice was, well, super weird. My friend was convinced that it was like a 50-year-old woman, but I was like, hell no, this has got to be Brian. I was so blinded that I actually ignored every warning sign. I had told Brian everything. He knew all of my passwords, everything about my day-to-day life, and literally everything about me. And literally every single one of my friends told me he wasn't real, that I needed to stop being a dumbass and just accept reality. But I honestly really did love him. During that fall, I left for college. My first roommate was a total wine bag who had a mile-long list of rules for our room, so I was pretty desperate to bounce. I found out that there was an empty room and then requested a transfer for winter semester. Now, I knew going in blind was a pretty big risk, but it couldn't be worse than my last roommate. At the same time, though, I was really loving everything else about college. Things with Brian kind of diminished because life was pretty busy, and I just really wanted to experience everything a.k.a. other dudes. Brian would always call me like 20 times a day, message me all the time, and constantly barrage me about whether or not I had a Facebook, and he wanted the password to it. Um, hell no. I finally decided that and I needed to break things off with him. The next semester, I then moved into my awesome new room. My roommate was a fellow freshman from Massachusetts who had transferred that semester, She was totally loaded. She pretty much brought basically everything we would need for the room. Her mom had actually got us matching bedding from Pottery Barn. It was pretty awesome. She was a little weird and she like always wanted to hang out the first week. But I figured it was just nerves or something. So the first weekend right after classes started, I was chilling with some of my friends in the quad area and she then comes over and throws her keys at me and then she says... I hope you have a lot of fun with these freaking losers." And I was pretty caught off by it. I ended up crashing at one of my girlfriend's rooms that night because I was really freaked out. The next day though, it was like nothing even happened. We had hung out that entire week and she was very perceptive and helpful. I was totally amped to have met what I thought would be my college bestie. The next weekend I convinced her to come out and we're having a blast. Dancing with dudes and just generally having a really good time. And then things were escalating with me and this soccer jock. So I let her know that I was going to be bailing. We were about a two minute walk from the soccer house and we came with a group. So I just kind of figured it wasn't really a big deal. So I get back to our room later that night and I then see that crap is totally torn the hell up. Clothes ripped out of the closet, stuff all over the floor. Everything was just a total wreck she's sitting on my bed and her arm is bleeding that's when i asked her what the hell was going on and why did she do all this she had actually broken my coffee cup and carved my freaking initials into her arm i run to get the ra because i'm not trying to get murdered tonight on that night she ended up getting committed and her parents flew down well this is where shit got even weirder and totally hit the fan as it turns out she was brian She told her parents, and they told me. So she slash he decided to try and start things with me like as her true self, applied to my school, and then called the housing department to request me as a roommate, then emailed housing from my email, and requested her as my roommate, and then deleted the emails. Her parents apologized, said that I could keep all of the stuff in the room, and then they left. Shortly after, I got a no-contact order. So, yeah... That's pretty much the craziest story of my life. So, let's take a nice stroll down memory lane. Back to the days of You've Got Mail and Tiki Room chat rooms. I remember my friends and I could dick around for hours on AIM, just messing around with people and creating these vanity friendships and relationships sometimes i often wonder how many pedophiles that we actually talked to when we really thought we were talking to some hot volcom wearing skater named Derek that loved the same kind of bands as we did but i digress the thing is we knew we were never going to meet these people and we knew that it was just all a fantasy however i don't think my grandmother got that memo so i was in the seventh grade when all of this happened and at the time i thought it was pretty hilarious Now, as an adult, I'm pretty concerned. My grandmother loved her AOL. She had a pretty big fascination with angels. I distinctly remember her username being AngelDust2. I remember this because I would get so annoyed that everything always had something to do with angels. And I mean constantly. Anyhow, while she was loving her angels in the Bible, she was also loving the chat rooms. I also like to think that she initially just went on there just to make friends and talk to people that liked the same things as she did. However, I also think that she just wasn't fulfilled with her regular life. At some point during her online chatroom journey, she had met a guy named Seth. Seth was just your average high school senior, from what I had been told. He lived a few states away, was 17 years old, good-looking, played sports, and an all-around guy's guy. My grandma was 48 at the time, but was passing herself off as a 22-year-old named Dana. She even went as far as sending Seth photos of herself when she was actually 22 and not a 28-year-old woman. To be completely honest, I'm not really sure how this very dated photo got past Seth, but either way, he seemed to buy it. In Dana's online fantasy, some people had starring roles. Her husband was her adopted brother. Her mother was her adopted mom, and no one else seemed to exist. I remember going to my grandma's house one day, and I had gone to her room just to say hi. Of course, I'm like, Hey, Grandma. And she threw a glass at me to get me to leave the room because she was on the phone. And I think we can all guess who she was on the phone with. Seth. Now, this is where it gets scary. Things are already pretty odd at this point, but out of the blue, One day my grandma took about $800 out of my great-grandmother's savings account, got in her car, and then left for days. During this time, it's a bit fuzzy, but I don't recall her ever reaching out to say that she had made it to her destination. No one actually knows where she exactly went, who she saw her, what actually even happened. A couple of days go by and we get a call from my grandmother. She told us that she stopped at a cousin's house in Tennessee and had a mental breakdown. Then she said she had stopped by my great-uncle's house, where she had yet again had another mental breakdown. However, none of this ever even happened. My mom had reached out to said cousin and uncle to try and get some answers, and everyone had stated that my grandma just never stopped in those areas. When she finally did come home, it was like seeing a totally different person. She told us that she did go see Seth and his friends, but the cops had chased her out of the state. Mind you, this guy lived a good 16 plus hours away from where we live, so that's a lot of ground to cover. Apparently my mom had gotten Seth's information after snooping through my grandmother's room while she was away, and then proceeded to call Seth and his mom. His mom was aware of their friendship, but she also assumed that Dana was not who she said she was. Seth, on the other hand, well, he told my mom he really didn't want to see Dana, and that he told her not to visit him. All the while she's sending him handwritten love notes, an expensive pendant for his graduation, and that they had apparently planned on getting married. I think this was the first time in a really long time that my grandma felt something that was a bit more exciting than her mundane life, and the fantasy just took over and then became her real life. Over the next several years though, things started to get really bizarre. She would cover her TV windows and mirrors because she was totally convinced that they were two-way mirrors. She wouldn't want me to visit her, she wouldn't want to have to open the front door, and she would just sit in the dark in the silence all the time. She had chugged a bottle of NyQuil and had to go to the hospital. All the while, she was just more concerned with Seth. She was actually admitted to various mental institutions as she started thinking that she was actually Dana. This all happened 17 years ago. To this day, the entire ordeal was just swept under the rug. No one knows and no one will ever know what actually happened to my grandma when she left for those days. She's now in her 60s and she still has her pretty wild moments. After this experience, she had actually told us years ago to never ever post photos online of her. Someone thought it would be a really good idea for her to get a Facebook and she was my friend on there. I abided by her rule of not posting photos of her and I don't have a single one on my profile. This made her incredibly angry and caused her to say a lot of unnecessary things to me. Unfortunately, because of this, we don't have a relationship. I honestly don't really know what to think. Somewhere along the way, my grandma just totally lost it. I honestly don't know if she'll ever return to her old self. I guess it just is what it is, though. So I got really lucky with my random roommate drawl in college. My roommate Mandy and I, well, ended up being best friends. We still are, although we live in different parts of the world, we keep in touch fairly often and I know that I can always depend on her if I need her. Anyway, about 2-3 to three months into our freshman year, everything was going pretty well for us. We were going out together every weekend and both dating around. I knew that before we went to college she had been in a relationship and she would still talk to her ex-boyfriend on and off. Her boyfriend Shane was in the military. At the time I think he was stationed in Germany. Now she didn't straight up say that he was abusive to her and it even took her years later to admit that he was, but it was pretty obvious from her stories that he was a really scary guy. I don't think that he ever got physically violent with her but I remember that she told me that one time he threatened her that if she ever cheated on him that he would send black girls to her house with knives pretty weird and really racist but I mean sending anyone to your house with knives is definitely pretty scary also, anytime that she ever attempted to completely cut off contact with him and block his number or social media he would always make hundreds of accounts and even email her to harass her obviously from what she told me, it was pretty clear to me that this guy was a complete piece of shit I think Mandy talked to him online a lot more than she'd ever told me at this time and he was in the background of my mind because I would never actually met him and I saw that she was seeing a few other guys at our college. About halfway through the year we had stopped hanging out as much. Basically there was a fight in our friendship group and we took different sides. We weren't really mad at each other directly but there was definitely a bit of a divide. Through the year, though, I had met tons of people at parties whenever I was drunk, and I didn't really remember all of them. As a result, if I saw someone friend request me on Facebook who went to my college, I just assumed I had already met them and then accepted it. One of the girls was named Vanessa. I don't remember exactly when she added me, but she slowly started messaging me and would ask what I was doing on the weekend. I wouldn't really reply too much because I had already had friends to go out with and I wasn't really too keen to meet up with people that I didn't even remember. Vanessa's photos were a bit more provocative. Nothing too out there but just a little bit sexier than average. There was also another girl named Manny who added me. I didn't really remember her either but she would message me from time to time and ask what I did for fun. From her profile it didn't even look like she went to my college but was going to go there the next semester. She looked a bit more innocent and basic, the total opposite from Vanessa. I thought that I was being nice and helpful by replying back to her since she was going to be a new student there soon. One night I was chilling and smoking weed with my friends when Vanessa sends me a message. She then says something like, me and my man are in town, we have a hotel room, wanna meet up?" I would actually be into having a threesome but I was pretty sketched out since I didn't really know this girl or her boyfriend. So now I'm high as shit when suddenly this girl sends me about 100 pictures of her sucking a dick. I was completely taken by surprise and totally disgusted. I mean come on, no one likes an unsolicited dick pic. The weird part though was that every single one of them was the same picture. Not a bunch of different pictures, but literally 100 of the same picture. Then once I opened the photo, I realized that there was some kind of timeline thing like how you could see at the bottom of the screen when you're watching a show and then it shows how much time is left. So this was from a porn that someone paused, then screenshot, and then sent to me a 100 times. I was completely freaked out and then immediately blocked the bitch. I went back to my room and told my roommate all about it. We tried to brainstorm on who it might be that would try and catfish me and send me those photos. I was actually kind of worried that it might be the roommate who shared the suite with us. She was in her own room, but we all shared a bathroom. She was really obese and had really weird pictures of herself on Facebook. She was always nice in person, but we never really talked that much. Right when that happened, my roommate Mandy mentioned there was some weird shit on her toothbrush, so I thought that maybe this girl was trying to sabotage us or something. Then a couple of days later, Manny, the innocent Facebook girl who had been messaging me previously, then asks, so do you ever hook up with girls? And I immediately blocked her too. Another catfish. I'm pretty damn sure no real girl would actually say that. Later that same week, some other girl adds me on Facebook. I could tell pretty much straight away that it was definitely a fake account, but I decided to check out the profile and saw that all of her likes were all stuff to do with the military. Over the next few weeks, a bunch of obviously fake accounts tried to add me on Facebook and Instagram. Every single account had some similarities. They all had some sexy pictures, had some mention of the military, and were saying that they were lesbian or bi. The connection to the military is what really stuck out to me, and that's when I realized that it was probably Mandy's boyfriend. When I asked her about it, she admitted straight away that she thought it was him too. Apparently someone had been adding her from a ton of fake accounts as well. I think that she was just too embarrassed to say that it was probably him from the beginning. All of this happened between 2012 to 2013. Now I can spot a fake account from a mile away. I received friend requests from accounts that I could tell were Shane for years after that. He had a specific way of targeting certain people. He would always add the last 50 or so people you added so that when he requested or followed you, you saw that you had mutual friends and figured you knew each other. Apparently over time he actually did that to all of Mandy's friends. And the crazy part? I'm apparently the only one that it didn't work on. Even her cousin who is the same age as us ended up sending naked photos to him disguised as girls online mandy and i have talked about it a lot and she thinks it's his sick way of trying to tell her who her real friends are he has two kids now with some other girl now and he'll still sometimes message mandy from a fake account but will literally never admit that it's him whenever she calls him out the dude is definitely a psycho but hopefully i don't hear from him or his crazy shenanigans ever again